just wanted to mention uh, up front that uh, Scott Rifen was generous enough to go onto my uh, my Cancer Walk website and make a donation. Uh, and I want to thank Scott for that. And uh, as far as I'm concerned, he gets credit for sponsoring the the <laughs> Disney series of shows. <laughs> Back to the bin. Here we are live at the Pop Century Resort in the cafeteria, whatever it's called. <laughs> but this is this is the final night of my Orlando stay. And I am going to miss it, but my feet and my wallet are not. <laughs> I ended up getting, after last night, I had two blisters on one foot and one blister on another foot. And this is with pretty decent sneakers. You walk here, that's that's for sure. And it'll walk you to death. Yeah, today I had to, to fight through it and just to, to not, not give in to them. And, uh <laughs> It, it, the, pl the plan is, and it goes against my thoughts, but the plan is I'm, I'm not going to even wear sneakers tomorrow on the on the flight. I'm wearing flip-flops and just leaving them go. on. Because at least it'll give the blisters a chance to breathe a little. Well, don't they make you take your shoes and socks off and everything anyway? Yeah, before you, can, before you can board the flight, they make you do that. But, I, you know, I, I'm sorry to have it end, but i got to say... When you try and do it intensely like I have, where it's four days in a row of doing things, I don't know that I could do much tomorrow anyway. It wears, yeah, I'm telling oh, yeah. you. Yeah. People, <laughs> I think people underestimate it. Because you did, you powered straight through four days. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yesterday, yeah, I mean, yesterday I saw you in the morning, but you didn't, you didn't see it for the rest of the day. And what ended up happening was, you know, we, we started off pretty gung-ho. Then instead of doing rides, we... Just for the sake of anybody listening, we were at Epcot yesterday. Uh, after doing, you know, we made a point we did Soarin' first because that's mm -hmm. the big one. In fact, we had gotten the Fast Pass to go back. So we did Soarin' at about 10 a.m. Right. And then the Fast Pass was for like 1.30. So it was oh, like, oh, you know, go do other stuff. And we got so involved doing other stuff that we never went back and got the second oh, trip on Soarin', which is too bad because it's a great, great ride. Yeah. Uh, but... What ended up happening is we did the Perry, Perry the Platypus thing, <laughs> which is fun. Isn't that cool? But it, it ties you up in one country so long mm -hmm. that, that we said, you know what, okay, we only did the one country and we stopped. And again, for anybody who's listening, they have a thing with Phineas and Ferb where it's a Perry the Platypus adventure. And you get basically an old flip phone. Right. Uh, and it gives you the next step of your mission. Uh, ours was in the United Kingdom, and we had to go oh, in there. And you have to you have to find something. And when you find the thing that they tell you to do, and I don't really want to give too many details because somebody else may do this, but you find the thing that you're looking for. And when you come with the phone and you press the button, it actually is something that would look pretty innocuous. And all of a sudden, it like turns around and gives you a message, and then it sends you somewhere else, and you get another message, and then you have to actually bring a message to somebody in the store who is just, you know, a salesperson, but, you know, you have to give them a message, and then they give you something back, which has a secret hint in it, and it's a really cool thing, but it took, I would say, about half an hour to do. Right. 
and then they say, okay, now go to the next country. You know, if you want to do another mission, you go to the next country. And we decided it was better just to visit country by country. <laughs> and the kids were pretty intense about wanting to get pictures with the different characters. Right. And they give you a time schedule at Epcot of right. where, when the characters are going to be where. So we would, you know, we were trying to time it Which out. Which one okay. did they get? Uh, yesterday at Epcot. Let me let me th- see if I can. Uh, ha- so I know how, we saw Goofy right when we were walking in. Let's see how complete of a list I can give you. <laughs> we did first. We did Mickey, Minnie, and Pluto. Then we went somewhere where. Oh, they, well, they must have been in. They uh, were. They were actually in, in the place where you went in to meet yeah. them. Uh, then when we went, I think it was at England. They had a, an open courtyard and they had Stitch. Uh, Goofy, Pinocchio, uh, Rafiki. Wow, all all in England. All in one place. Wow. Uh, they had Goofy's nephew. We didn't even take a picture with him though. Hmm. Uh, and one other character who I'm missing. But then we saw Alice in Wonderland, okay. and then we saw Snow White, and we saw Belle, and we saw Duffy the Disney oh, Bear. Yeah. Uh, who I never heard of before yesterday. Right. <laughs> uh, we saw Donald Duck, who he was actually the funny, the f- most fun of all of them because he was, was very he in animated. Mexico, He's in Mexico, yeah. yeah. And if somebody walked up wearing a Mickey hat, you know, he'd take the hat and throw it away or something. <laughs> and you know, he he'd, like people would come over with a Mickey shirt and he wouldn't even pose with them. That's uh, funny. He was he was very funny and he was uh, yeah, it was enjoyable. And then we, you know, like the whole day was spent, or not the whole day, but a good portion of the day was spent doing that. And then it was a real hot day so we ended up going in you know we went for the Nor- Norwegian uh, Viking I love that trip which that's is great my, that's one of my favorites and it's nice and air conditioned so it's a combination See, of I'm hoping one of there. these days Thor is going to be in that you know when they get the rights to actually be able to bring the the uh, Marvel characters into these parks you know, the mm-hmm. parks here in, in Florida I want to see him put Thor into the Norway ride. I think that'd be cool. But two complaints about the vacation, and neither one comes from me. They both come from my kids. <laughs> but my daughter was very disappointed that we could not find a scheduled time to meet Peter Pan anywhere because that's her childhood favorite from way, way back. I can't think of anywhere where he appears regularly like to do signings or pictures or anything. Not not off the top of my head. And then the other... Dis- the other thing is my son is disappointed because he's gotten in such a Disney mood from having been here that in a Disney resort they don't have a channel that's dedicated to just showing Disney movies. That's true. That's true. I mean, Which would have, make sense you yeah, think, if you think you're, about you're it true. to have that. No, you're right. Because we have the ones that will show like, you know, like they show the, the shorts. You know, the little well, they have like the regular Disney Channel and Disney XD, but there's no... You know, you, you would think just, just like I said, exclusively to the resort. Just have one that's constantly showing Disney movies. I mean, there's certainly enough of a library that's that true. they could yeah. do. I never really thought, but you're right, yeah. Hmm. I wonder why they don't. If there is a reason why they don't, they just, you, know, you would think somebody would have thought of that by now. I know that we have, you know, the movie Under the Stars every night, and it's a different movie. And That's that's actually what got him into it. The other night we got, home, we got back here early, and we went in the pool. And then the Disney Under the Stars is right next to the pool, and they were showing, uh, what were they showing? All of a sudden, I'm drawing a blank. Uh, they were showing some movie. And, uh, <laughs> and then when, you know, when we finished in the pool, we went back into the room, and he thought, oh, it's probably on the TV here. And no, no such luck. No. No, they actually set those up right out by the pool each night. They, uh, they inflate the big 
it's like an inflatable screen, like a big screen, almost like yeah. a drive-in movie theater screen. They set that up, play the movie, and then they take it right back down. Yeah, and it, I mean, overall, I, like, I, I can't, I couldn't have been much happier with the trip. The traveling itself is a pain in the ass, <laughs> but between getting to, you know, get together with you and Bill, pers- you know, in person. That was a blast. Man. It really, you know, that that's that's a highlight that, you know, I, I'm, I'm really glad to have done that. And, uh, and then just, you know, it, it, there's the balance that I was trying to find between yeah, hanging out with you guys, spending time right, with you, kids, and then, yeah. you know, it's a family vacation with my kids, and, you know, I didn't want it to become a podcast vacation for them, right? But I didn't want to deny myself that aspect of it either, <laughs> and it really worked out well. Was we it got a good to balance. Yeah, I, I think it really worked out well, and you know, we got to spend some good quality time together and hang out. And I, you know, I certainly spent plenty of time with them, so I don't feel like I, I neglected them in the slightest. Are they crashed out now? She's totally crashed. She's sleeping, and he's. I think he's watching a Disney movie on Netflix right now, <laughs> uh, but he's. I'm thinking by the time I walk back into the room, I'm going to find him unconscious in, in the bed. It's funny, too. when they came staggering through, I recognized them as soon as they came into the lobby. And they just kind of come staggering in like they were just going to fall over. It was funny. Well, Melissa has a tendency to be a little dramatic with things like that. But she was definitely, you know, I mean, we're all dragging, but she was, I think she's got a blister or two on her feet and, uh, <laughs> you know, stuff. Yes, in fact, yesterday when we were at Epcot, we decided we, we wanted to see uh, Illuminations at 9 that. o'clock. I love that. And it was probably about 7.30 when we finished whatever we were doing, and we didn't feel like going. And you know, we were just so tired and so hot, and we didn't want to go like wandering from place to place anymore. We kind of hit every ride that we really felt strongly about. The only one we didn't hit was the test track. Oh, you didn't do test no, track? No, we didn't get to do the uh, test track. And by that time, there was like an over an hour wait online, yeah, which we didn't want to do. And they had one. given out all the fast passes. So we weren't going to get to that. So we ended up finding a place on a bench, and we were just crashing, waiting for the illuminations to start. And it would have been really, really easy to say, let's just go back to the hotel and go to sleep. It's just a fireworks show. But uh, you know what? It's, it's not just no, a fireworks show. And, it, and I'm really glad that we just, you know, Held out for that last hour and a half, and uh, I mean, I've been to many, many fireworks shows. I, you know, I, I go to ball games, and there's always fireworks shows at, at not always, but frequently fireworks shows at ball games. And I usually try to time if I know there's going to be a fireworks show. I'll say, and I, and I'm going out to buy tickets. I'll say, let me get for that night because I enjoy right. a, I enjoy a professional fireworks show right. as opposed to some idiot with a mat of firecrackers. Right. You know? uh, but when you when you do that at a ballpark. You get there, and there's one dedicated place behind the stadium that they're shooting all the fireworks out from, and it's a really, really nice show. This was so much more expansive because oh, yeah. it's basically set up over the whole park. They got, you know, whatever it is, four barges out there that are shooting the things, right. and then they have different places at the corners of the lagoon, and then they even have places outside of that where they're shooting things up. So it's, it's you know, it's probably you know like a square mile that they're shooting this stuff from, That's and great. it's just spectacular. It really is. It's my favorite one. I mean, we do fireworks at, uh, you know, three of the four parks. Magic Kingdoms is, is impressive, and I like it a lot, but I'm not a big fan of the show that goes with it, the Wishes show. I just, you know, I, I like the older version of that show before they changed it to Wishes. I don't think I've ever and, seen uh, the Magic Kingdom one. I mean, it, it's good. It's, it's worth seeing. I'm just, 
I, I think why Illuminations works so well for, for me, and I think for a lot of other people, the scoring that goes with it. That oh, soundtrack yeah. is just incredible. It's tremendous. It really, really is. And, and, it, and it's also, also that there's a story to it, because it starts with right. the Big Bang, right, and then it's working through basically the history of the universe. Right. Although although the timing is a little bit, because you get from the Big Bang to the dawn of man in you know, a couple of minutes. Right. <laughs> and then, then we take our time and we go through it slowly. But like as the countries start to develop in, in the... Adv- advancing of mankind right. you know the the different countries in the world showcase all light up and everything and that yeah. that, that really adds to it, it does it's, it's awesome I so, love that. you know it's more than just a fireworks show they're giving you you know basically kind of the history of the world in there or the history of the universe now you uh you listen to mike bailey's stuff right yeah yeah pretty much pretty much everything he, uh, he put illuminations at the end of his shows for the longest time. It was like the end, like almost like the end theme that he would do for a lot of his shows. I don't think he does it anymore. This was this was a while ago when he first discovered the piece of music. I think he discovered it through me playing it on some show that that we had done. Mm-hmm. And I wondered if you recognized it at all from having listened. No, to I, I didn't. Stuff. I honestly didn't. <laughs> but you know, through you guys, I've become so much more conscious of of scoring. Right. And, you know, I mean, it's it's something that I always kind of thought it's almost like a du- the director of a movie that if you don't notice it during a movie, but it still serves its purpose, right. then it's then it's working right. Right. And and I still believe that. But I also believe now that, like, in a second viewing, you should, you know, you should become more aware of it and you should start right. to notice it. And and but I'm, I'm noticing it even in little things like when we went to the Shamu show, uh, as they're having the, the sharks, the sharks, the, the whales, you know, go through their their tricks shows and they're you know leaping out of the water and everything. They're playing music in the background that's right. that's all designed to get the, the crowd you know really in, into kind of a frenzy with it and really in, you know take it all in and be excited about what they're seeing. And I, it serves a you know really does serve a purpose. I've never even been to uh, SeaWorld, but somewhere or other I acquired um, I don't know if it's one they still use, but uh, I acquired one of their official albums somewhere or other. I found it. And was listening to it one day, and I was like, you know, this music's really, really good. So, I mean, they they obviously recognize that that our music too. And and on uh, on Tuesday at, at Universal at, in the Islands of Adventure, I was having a long talk with the kids, and I'm far from an expert on scoring, but I was having a, a talk with the kids as we as we were walking through Jurassic Park. I started explaining to them who John Williams is, right, and. How he made, you know, Star Wars, and how he did Jaws, and how he did, uh, you know, Superman, and Raiders of the Lost Ark, and they were, they were very impressed. And then we walked to Harry Potter Land, and I said, "Oh yeah, and he did this too." Yeah, he did this too, yeah. <laughs> and they were like, "Wow!" He's definitely the most represented, you know, as far as music here in Florida, I would think, because you know, you go to our parks, and it's you, know, you got Star Wars and Raiders, you know. Because they're, you know, they have sections in in uh, Hollywood Studios, but then just in that entrance loop, you've got. Uh, well, I pointed out when we were there. You know, I pointed out to uh, Bill that uh, Towering Inferno was playing mm-hmm. when we were walking. Is, in. is that John Williams' Towering mm-hmm. Inferno? Towering I didn't Inferno. realize that. Um, Superman the movie, the theme from Superman plays in the in the studios as well. And there's, I know there's a bunch of other ones I'm forgetting, but yeah, and then you go, you know, over to to Universal and you've got. You know, Jurassic Park and, uh, and Harry Potter. And Harry Potter. And there's something always, else I've too. heard always over there before too. Oh, have you? Yeah. There's, there's a there was other a, there ones. was another one I heard and I can't think of what it was. At some point when we were in Universal, I heard another one that I said, and that's John Williams too. Yep. Uh, 
You know, you know just thinking about it, it's, it, with Superman the movie, it's a little surprising that Warner Brothers hasn't tried to get their, their foot in the door down here. I wish they would do something. The problem with Warner is that they've got um, a contract, and I don't know if it's an exclusive contract, but they have a contract with the, uh, the Six Flags parks for the use of their is, DC is, characters. Is it for the DC characters? Because yeah. I thought it was for like the Bugs Bunny Looney Tunes. Yeah, they have group. those too. Yeah, they have the, the Warner Brother classic cartoon characters. And then they, uh, they started doing the DC ones. And I started I mean, wondering if, if Warner Brothers had any kind of ownership interest in Six Flags. I don't, you know, I don't, I, you know, I don't know. Because if I they do, they could easily soon. say, "Let's get some land down here," and you know, because as as much as there already is to do down here, I think there's enough to go around that if right. that if they opened another park and it was, you know, it was like Islands of Adventure, but for Disney. Exactly. I mean, for DC, DC rather. Yeah. I, I think they'd be able to pull a crowd in there too. I'd like to see them do something because. Uh, the, the stuff that they had for the, you know, the only one I've ever seen was the one in, in Atlanta, you know, the Six Flags there. And, you know, it was okay, but it was it was more of an amusement park. You know, what we have here are theme parks, and there's a big difference. Oh, it absolutely. really is. And so for a lot of their stuff, it was, you know, a carousel with a Batman overlay or a roller coaster that they just call it Batman, but there's no real theming, there's no real story or right. anything like that. Yeah, they, they, so. have, they have the Batman roller coaster, which I had been on many years ago. I mean, that's been right. around for a long time. Uh, they have some sort of a Green Lantern thing. Oh, do they? I don't remember what it is, but I think it's also like a almost like a roller coaster type thing. I know they have several different Superman ones at several different of their parks. They had a little bit of like a Superman land. I don't remember what they called it. I, I don't think they called it Metropolis, but like I say, it was like there's a few pictures and like some history, almost like who's who pages on billboards or something. You know what I mean? For different, mm-hmm. but no real like cozy. There wasn't a story, and I'm big on story. I mean, that's that's the big difference. Like with our parks and the the way the the lands and the attractions work is it it tells you a story and it. It gets you involved, like you're you're becoming a part of the story, and you don't get that when it's just a roller coaster. Right, yeah. right. Well, but I mean, what was the? That's that's like at Islands of Adventure. To me, that's the Hulk ride. Right. It's it's a roller coaster. It's just, yeah. there's nothing really there's, with the Hulk. In yeah, that. there's a bit of one there, but it yeah, still it's. I not, mean, you have the Spider-Man ride, which is outrageous. Awesome. It's outstanding. But then you know the Doctor Doom's freefall doesn't seem to have a story to speak of. I've never done that one. The storm spinning thing is just yeah. a children's ride, really. Yeah, it's the teacups. Yeah. And then the Hulk roller coaster is is a roller coaster. So the, the, I don't think they totally got it on the money there either. And, yeah. and I'm a little surprised because I kind of think like rides like that are the wave of the future. Right. Yeah. And I'm a little surprised they didn't, you know, grasp it a little bit more firmly when they did it. I wonder when they when they built that if they realized how big it would be though because it is a, still a big draw for that park. I, I think it's a bigger draw than the Universal side now. The Islands of oh, Adventure. Oh yeah. Oh, definitely, definitely. Although the uh, the Universal side, I mean, we, we enjoyed the uh, we we did the Simpsons ride that was fun, and which is also another simulation ride, which right. is you know telling you a story and everything, uh, you know, much like Star Tours. Right. Uh, I, I think the Simpsons ride used to be Back to the Future. Yeah, it was. It was Back to the Future. And then yeah. the Men in Black used to be E.T. No, E.T.'s still there. E.T.'s still there. We, mm-hmm. Then we walked by E.T. and we missed we must it. Must have walked right by it. Yeah. What was he? What did Men in Black used to be? 
Um, I thought ET was gone because we would have gone on that. That's a really good question. Now that you say that, I don't. I honestly don't remember what that would have been because I was there one time in '95, and as you walk past, like where Simpsons is now, and then there's Men in Black. There's that area that back there that they don't never seem to do anything back there, and it, I think they call it Fear Factor or something. They used right, to have a stunt yeah. show, but when I went there, it was a like a Wild West stunt show. And it was actually really awesome. I have to go back I, somewhere. I have a videotape of the day that we spent there, and my father filmed like everything. It's like he was filming the entire time we were there. So I have to go back and look and see if I can remember what was back where Men in Black is now. I can't remember anything being back now, there. It, I mean, I, I you you have a, a season pass, so you must know it pretty well. Right. When you're in Universal, when you when you come out of Men in Black, there's kind of a a, a bridge that you can go over that lagoon with. Right. On the other side of the lagoon, now they have something that's under construction there. It's more Harry Potter. It's going to be more Harry Potter. Yeah. Now the Harry Potter ride is outstanding. It, I mean, it's a little intense. Like if you if you were yeah. to go with small children, I would not. It put rattles them on that. me. I I really I respect it from like a. Like a technological standpoint, I think it's like a technological marvel because it, it incorporates so many different elements into one ride. It's really awesome from that perspective, but I it, it just I didn't, something about the way it moves. Every time I get off that thing, I've got the worst headache for like two days. So I well, just it definitely I stopped riding. It. Yeah, it's a lot of moving around. We got on it. We did it. My daughter had her eyes closed the whole time because she got because ah. she got nervous. And then, but then she said, "I want to go right back on." We went right back on again. That's funny. And we did it a second time, and she kept her eyes open. And then uh, we almost didn't because we were getting tired. Then towards the end of the day, we almost didn't do. So she rode Harry Potter twice, but never went on the haunted mansion. Correct. She was afraid she would be scared. There's scarier stuff in the in the Harry Potter. Harry Potter is much scarier than the haunted mansion. The haunted mansion wasn't scary. What do they call it? Not the screen. The, the, oh, the. Uh, they and I know Harry right? Potter pretty well, but yeah, I can't think of what they're called. Or whatever they're called. The, uh, the Tormentors. Is that it? Tormentors? No. Dementors. Dementors, that's it. And, yeah. and it's kind of sad that it took me that long to remember because <laughs> I've read all the books, I've they're seen all the movies. They're scarier than anything in Absolutely. the Haunted Mansion. And the dragon is scarier than anything in the Haunted Mansion, too. Oh. So, but you know what? It's, sometimes she just gets into her head. She, you know, she's still a young kid. She gets into her head that something's going to be scary, and, you know, <laughs> that's that. But uh, you know, at the end of the day, at, on Tuesday, at the, about the point where we were starting to peter out and get tired, uh, I had wanted to do the Jurassic Park ride last time we were here eight years ago, and I couldn't because right. the kids were too small then. And this time around, everybody's getting tired, and I said, "Yeah, I wanted to do it, but we're all tired." And then they said, "No, no, no! If you you know you wanted to do it, we're going to go do it." That's so we did cool. that ride, and that's pretty good, and that's animatronics oh, and everything, and yeah. it's pretty well done. And then, but then it was like, all right, we're already wet, so let's do Dudley Do Right's Rip. Oh, see, that's <laughs> rip my favorite. I love that. So we were then totally soaked Drenched. at that point. But a lot now, of had fun. you done that one before? That Dudley one, eight years ago when we came here, when my daughter was five, we did the Spider Man ride. Then we did the Spider Man ride. Then my son wanted to do the Spider-Man ride. <laughs> <laughs> and by the third time, my daughter at five years old had had enough of it. So. so my son went on the Spider-Man ride, but she needed somebody to take care of her. So I said, okay, fine, you know, you guys go on the Spider-Man ride, and, and I'll take her wherever she wants to go. And she pointed to the Dudley Do-Right ride at five years old. That's cool. 
And we, I remember we went up there, and I thought, she's not big enough to go on this ride. But she is exceptionally tall. Right. Uh, and they measured her, and she was tall enough to go on it. And I remember that like, the crowd gave her a round of applause yeah, cool. at five years old. So she was very psyched. But it was, it was different then because it was... There were like no a, belts. No or belts any, or anything. Yeah. It was in, an inverted bench where you sit with your legs on each side of the bench. Right. And she was in front of me, and what I did was... I mean, she was five years old, and I was terrified for her. Right. I remember, like, I grabbed a hold of her with my with my knees because she was sitting in front of me, and then, like, when the ride was going, I was doing like a like this dopey, you know, oh, I'm pretending to be scared, scream, trying to make sure I was keeping her laughing and not right. getting too scared because she's five years old, right? And she loved it. She was so proud of herself afterwards. So when we went back this time, she was like, I have to do that again and, and relive my memory, she yeah, says. But when we got up there, I was surprised to see now they have individual seats for everybody right. and, be- and and belts and the thing that pulls down and holds yeah. you into place. Um, I'm wondering if anything happened to anybody at any point. Or... I think something did, but I don't know what, exactly what. Plus, they had a fire on that not long ago. Well, or maybe they just, you well, know, maybe it was time to replace soon. something and they decided to just upgrade it when they did. I mean, it doesn't mean somebody got hurt. It, so. it, may, it may have just been as simple as complaints. Because I know the first time I ever went on that, um, Logan was just little. And he sat in front of me. And when you actually go down the big drop at the end, I felt like we were just going to fall right out. Because there's nothing to hold you in. Yeah. And he was just little. And I remember holding on to him for dear life like he's just going to fly right out. Because that's the scariest drop I think there is. That that ride certainly it feels the ones like that I went on. Down. It's it really is cool. I mean, I, I enjoy it, but I enjoy it for that adrenaline rush of oh my god, you're going straight down. You're gonna die. It's it's pretty cool. There's at uh, SeaWorld today. They have uh, I don't even I don't remember all the names, but they have basically their version of the log flume ride. So we went on that, and you know we enjoyed it. And then there was no line. So we went on it the second time, knowing, okay, we're just going to do this again. We're not ordering the picture or anything. So the three right. of us got it into our heads. Okay, we know when they take the picture. When they do, let's see who can make the stupidest face. Right. <laughs> so then we went down to the uh, to the shop and we're looking at the pictures, and you know, it, it, I mean, it was just funny. We were laughing and everything. But then my daughter made such a point of announcing to the crowd how the other two people who were on there with us can't order the picture because we look so stupid in it. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you know, you don't have to go out and tell everybody. <laughs> if they wanted to order the picture, maybe they're going to get mad at us now. Well, speaking of making stupid faces, did you get to ride uh, Spaceship Earth? Spaceship. Spaceship Earth, it's the big the big ball. At... Oh, no, we didn't. We you didn't did ride it? I re- that I did oh. do last time. That I did do last time. Okay. That, that's that's a it? nice, if I remember right, unless I'm mistaken, that's, that's another one that's kind of a nice teach you about history right. and science ride not right. any kind of it's adventure been updated. ride updated I don't see when you were here 8 years ago it would have been the old version still the old version is my favorite with Jeremy Irons doing yes. the narration yes and yeah, there's a new one now and it's uh, Dame Judy Dench does the narration okay she's it's not just bad. not as good but the end sequence is all different now when you would descend after you know you go to the top and you see the earth up there and everything right and then you start you turn around backwards and you're descending now, instead of having, like, the classroom scene and everything that it had before, it has a video screen, and you can choose your future and that sort of thing. But it actually, it, it, at the beginning of the ride, it takes your picture, and it incorporates your faces, and the faces of everybody in your ride vehicle, oh, into the story. Cool. It's really cool. That's because I like that. I know when it's going to take the picture now. So I always make you know make a point to be like make some goofy face. <laughs> so when it does the future thing and the little animation, you know, you got me 
running around as like this stick figure man with his big stupid face, and it's just fun. <laughs> I, I get a kick out of that. Well, you got, you're going to have to make a point of going to SeaWorld one day, though. Like, I, like, I've been I can't believe you've never gotten there. Yeah, never been. Never been. And I mean, of the parks, it's the one that's the most reasonably priced, which right. you know makes it a little bit more palatable. And it's it's not big, big on rides. I mean, there's there's two roller coaster type rides. There's the Kraken and the is it like Mantra. Or something yeah, like, like the man, Manta. Uh, not Mantra. Mantra. I guess it's Manta, but Manta I, Mantra I don't even know for sure what it is. Yeah. Black Manta. I've yeah, seen but, the, but those the commercials. But. The kids weren't into either of those, and I actually was thinking. Good, they're not into those. I don't have to you know go what? on them. <laughs> Speaking of DC, years ago, you remember in the back of the, of the comics, they used to SeaWorld used to have some deal with DC. Remember the, the one where it was uh, it's like Superman, Wonder Woman, Batman, Robin, and maybe somebody else, and they're all on water skis? Oh, yeah, yeah, I do that, remember that. That was a SeaWorld ad, so I wonder where you, that you, changed. You would think that would be a prime place for that to come cool. in. Because, I mean, the one thing that they have there is Shamu. You walk in, and they Aquaman. have your pose with Shamu. But they don't have, you know, a, a bunch. Of, oh, and and then with this new penguin ride, the penguin whose life you're simulating is Puck the penguin. So that's <laughs> now that's another character that they have there for you to take a picture with and everything. But you know, you think if you can get in with Warner Brothers and get those DC characters, right, yeah. you you could definitely come up with stuff. Yeah. You know, you. You know, it, it would be pretty, a pretty easy transition, I think, to you know, even for the non-water-based heroes. Right. You know, you could have Batman, Shark, Lagoon, or something. <laughs> I mean, you know, whatever. Yeah, I, I, you know, and then we, we went to the there's the Shark. Uh, I don't even remember what they call. I, I I can't think of what any of them are called now because it's just my head is <laughs> blurry at this point after four days. But they have the Shark one, and and you come and they have uh, basically they green screen you. And and you do something where like you know you're looking up at a shark and then there's another one where you you know they, they they tell you to look like you're afraid and the shark is coming and it was kind of a cool thing and I ended up buying those pictures cool. too. So you gotta you know. post that stuff online. I want to see it. Yeah, I get, when I get home, I'll be scanning it and I'll, I'll get that up. But it's it's just you know like I said, I'm, I'm gonna miss this. Just my legs and my wallet won't. <laughs> it's the only thing I can keep coming back to is that. Uh, you know, it's just a great, great vacation place. This is like the one place that I could see if I financially could afford it. This is the one area I could see somebody saying, you know what, I'm going to do a timeshare and come back every year. Oh, yeah. Because most places, you know, talking about like going to, you know, people going to Bermuda or the Bahamas right. or something like that. I kind of think after year after year after year, eventually you'd say, you know what, I don't want to go there. I want to go somewhere else. And I know you can trade timeshares with people and stuff right. like that. But this is the one place where I could see if you could afford it. You'd say, you know, every year we make our trip to Florida at this time and we stay in, you know, our timeshare. And then, you know, especially if you're really rich and you could say well, that's one vacation and then we go somewhere, you know, different every, you know, at the end of the summer every year or whatever. That was that was a lot of it for me. I mean, you know, we're <laughs> by no means are we rich or even <laughs> decently well off. It's just, you know, we always came here every vacation since I caught the bug. You know, since we all did, really, the whole the whole family really kind of caught the Disney bug and we like going to the theme you know both the theme parks here and then you know Universal and stuff so I mean that's why I like living here it's because I don't really have any, any interest to go anywhere else I, I like what's here right. and there's enough stuff and they, they're constantly updating and adding things all the time that I just laugh at people that, that come here you know one time every you know 10 years or what and they're like ah we've been there we've done it well no you, you really haven't I live here I work here 
and I still haven't done everything there is to do. There's just yeah. it, it. There's so much stuff. No, I don't. I don't fool myself into believing I've done. You know, <laughs> yeah, we were here eight years ago. We're here now. I don't fool myself into believing right. that we did even close to everything. But it's going to have to be enough to satisfy right. me. Right. You know, well, I mean, it keeps you coming back too because you want to, you know, both relive the things that you did that you enjoyed before, but also, you know. I remember this being here the last time and we didn't get to do it, so now, you know, this this time we're here, let's see if we can, you know, that sort of thing. So. And I, I think there's a certain attraction, especially as I'm getting older, to these simulation rides. Right. To, to going on a ride where, you know, yeah, they throw you around a little bit. It's not that you're not taking a physical beating on them, <laughs> but it's not the same as a roller coaster. Right. Uh, I don't get the same vicarious thrill out of a roller coaster that I once did. I mean, I enjoyed going on Space Mountain and all of that, but right. you know, it's not that I didn't have fun when we did that, but it's not the same to me as it was 20 years ago. Right, right. But going on Harry Potter and going on Spider-Man and going on The Simpsons and all that, to me, those are just so much more enticing to yeah. me. Well, they're immersive. There's a, there's a story going on there. And I feel like as I get older, I'm not going to lose interest in those. You know, as long as I'm physically capable of handling the, <laughs> the being bounced around a little bit, I'm going to still want to do it. Whereas, like, I look at the Hulk roller coaster and I'm like, yeah, that looks like fun. I'm not doing it. Did you go to uh, the uh, the Toon Lagoon area over there at Universal and do like uh, like the Popeye? We well, we we took pictures with Popeye and Olive Oil. Oh, did they uh, <laughs> we, they we got did. a good Popeye over there. Too. Yeah, guy, he, he was good. He's, yeah. he's really good. Uh, the kids were so into getting character pictures, which is cool because I'm very into that, which I guess is where they get it from. But uh, that's that was a lot of fun, you know. Whenever there was somebody to take something with, they were like, "Okay, come on, we got to get this one," and they were like militant about it, you know. <laughs> it's like, you know, as soon as we took a picture with with uh, you know Donald Duck yesterday, it was like, "Okay, now we got to get over there because Snow White's going to be there, and she's only going to be there for 15 more minutes, and if we don't that's take a picture, cool. we're not going to get it." But some, you know, and then. I kind of picked pick shows my moments. Like sometimes I'd get in the you know take one of them and then I'd get in the picture with them. Other times it was just like you know I got a picture of the two of you. It's no white. We're good. Right. I did follow up on your lead though when we went to the one where there was uh, there's Pluto first, then Mickey, then uh, Minnie. Right. So they each went up. They gave Pluto a hug. They took a picture of Pluto. Then I came in and took a picture of Pluto. Then we did the same thing with Minnie with uh, Mickey. And then when we went up to Minnie, I just handed Matthew the camera, and I went over and I gave Minnie a hug. <laughs> and I took a picture with her by myself, and then they came in with yeah, me. That's cool. It's, the girl they have playing Minnie is tiny. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she, she must be like four foot eight. <laughs> well, it sounds like you had a really good time. Uh, couldn't have been much better. It really couldn't have. Did you stop by, um, oh, what's the name of it? Club Cool in Epcot? The little mm. place, it's. it's like sample size cups, but it's all the soda you can you can drink. It's all for free, and it's different sodas, different Coke products from around the world. Oh, I would have been all over that. Oh, I see. I should have told I you. I didn't think of it until later on, because it's it's over. Well, it's not far from the character spot where you went to get you know Mickey and Minnie and then, but there's a there's a little place at the far end of that pavilion, uh, Club Cool. It's it's all free soda, but like I said, they're just little little tiny like Dixie cups. But you can sample these different beverages from all over the world. Some of them are awesome, and then there's one that tastes like kerosene. It's just oh. nasty. <laughs> well, I don't mind missing out on that. Yesterday was really hot, so oh, yeah. I probably we brought water in with us, but you know just one bottle each. So right. so we finished with those pretty quick. Then. 
over the course of the day, you know, bottle of water is two fifty. I probably spent thirty dollars on water easy. Holy cow. Over the course of the day. Man, it was you, but you know what? I mean, that's the biggest problem. I think when when people get sick at these parks, the biggest it's problem is probably because they're dehydrated. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't going to let that happen. Yeah, I know it's true. People underestimate, you know, the power of that sun and, and how fast it can just beat the water right out of you. It really does. Oh, and I figured out what I, I remember now. The other complaint that my kids had about the park was <laughs> the other night when we were watching the movie, it was Finding Nemo. And there was the scene when uh, Dory, I, I guess it's like a jellyfish that she gets. And she says, uh, right. I will call him Squishy and he will be my Squishy. Right. At that scene. So when we went to the Finding Nemo area the, in the seas... And we were in the gift shop. The kids were a little annoyed that there wasn't a squishy to buy. <laughs> and, it, and, and my son says he's going to send Disney a strongly worded letter about it. <laughs> you tell him to go ahead and do that. <laughs> I'm, sure I'm sure they'll put the squishy right into production. <laughs> Did you do the uh, the turtle talk with Crush? Did you see that there? We, we went in to do that. And then there's like a waiting area for that. And it just seemed to be going on and on and on forever. And we were finally like, you know what? We'll skip turtle talk. That's pretty neat. If you like the the technology they used in that Monster Zinc show, it, right. it's a lot like that. But that one's cool because he'll actually come out. He actually interacts with the audience, so he'll talk to, to kids and ask questions, and they can I was, ask questions. I was really cool. impressed with that with the Monster Zinc. Yeah, I, I didn't expect it to be interactive like that. I th- I just figured it would be you know pre recorded stuff that they just show you, and maybe have kind of some things available. Right. To, you know, that, that, oh, if we have this in the crowd, use this one. If we have this in the crowd, use that one. So right. this way it looks like it's interactive, even though it's not. I mean, this was clearly interactive because they were talking to people and using their names and coming up with things. I mean, I'm sure they have a little list of jokes to use, in, you know, in the event of whatever. But they really, uh, it was really well done. I mean, it shows you like the talent of some of the people that they hire to work here. Oh, yeah. That, you know, they're not just hiring any schlub to, to take a job. They, they, <laughs> I like to think so. <laughs> you know? Well, I mean, for certain positions, it's very obvious that they're looking to fill the right person in the right job. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, they, you know for, for a job like you have, obviously, they're looking for people who are going to have that, that, you know, that, that initial charisma where the, the people coming in are going to feel a little comfortable right. talking to you and, and having... An ability to, you know, to, to interact and, you, you know, basically you're, you're like, I, I see you guys as like salesmen for the park. Oh, definitely. That's, that's the way I definitely. would see your job, you know, or, or salesmen for the resort. Definitely, yeah, that's a, that's a lot of our job is being able to, you know, to sell the resort, sell the rooms, that sort of, yeah, absolutely. But, uh, you know, also just having a passion for it, you know, having a passion for, you know, for Disney as a whole, for the parks, um, I know that's what I look for in, in the people that I work with and the people that I train especially is uh, you know, making sure that they that they have that you know, just that magic, that spark about them to where they right. like to interact with the people and, and be able to have, you know, really good job knowledge so that if somebody asks them, you know, off the wall question about, you know, where can I, you know, buy a certain kind of food or, you know, what you know, what rides are good for my kids, you know, and that sort of thing. Or, or I, I would think that the harder thing is when they come up with an off-the-wall complaint and you want to tell them just to, you know, shove off. And, yeah, that's true. Yeah. And, and you can't. You can't. No, you have to You have to actually, you know, you have to deal with people. You have to get to the root of their problem and solve it to the best of your ability. You know, I used to hate that. That used to be the thing, and, and not necessarily here, but 
you know, just in general, you know, working uh, customer service and other jobs, that used to be the thing that I always liked the least about, you know, a job like that, working with the public. Actually, I've turned around a lot because here is the first time I've ever had a job like this, working with the public, where I actually had a, a, a sense of empowerment. Like, I can actually solve mm. guest problems, you know? Somebody comes to me and they've had an issue and, and something has gone wrong during their stay and they have a complaint or they have an issue, I actually am empowered to be able to go, you know what, let me turn that around for you. Let me let me do this for you to make it better. And that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, if more companies followed that model of training their people effectively and making sure that they have the tools that they need to say, I can fix that problem, let me do it, and, and having that power, I, I think a lot of companies would be surprised by you know, how much better their reputation would be out there in the, you know, in the world. I, I think you know, the people who work the jobs, I, and this, like, to me this is the secret of working with the public, because you know, I, I have clients and I work with people, and uh, you, you have to show them you care. Exactly. It's, yeah. If you give them reason to think that you're indifferent about their problems, yep. then that's when they decide to go to your boss and complain. Yep. But if you show them that you actually genuinely care about getting it solved, even if you don't get it solved, right. they're probably going to walk away kind of satisfied that you know yep. with the effort that you made for them. And, Absolutely. And, and, I, and I, I find, you know, more often than not, you go to places and if you have a problem, they, you know, they're not interested in it and they don't want to be bothered. No. They just want to. They just no, want to give you whatever answer is going to get them away from their, de get you away from their desk the quickest. Yep. And and that's that's one of the problems with you know the people who have jobs where they're dealing with the public. Yeah. No, it's true. I, I think in a, in an odd sort of way, I think it makes us shine that much more as customer service deteriorates in the rest of America and the rest of business. It just makes us look better and better all the time that you come here and you don't get an attitude or you don't get just apathy, you know, where you bring a complaint to somebody and it's some punky teenager that, you know, frankly could just care less, you know. Right. You get somebody that genuinely is going to stop what they're doing, listen, and attempt to solve that, that issue for you. You just you don't get that anywhere else. Well, I would I would think just from the attitude I see from the people here and and how it is so consistently that 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 can do and right. with a smile way. Absolutely. I got to think that management here is just not tolerant of anything else. That if they start That's getting complaints it. that that somebody didn't have that right attitude, that that gets acted on immediately. That that, it, that's part of it. A lot of it, though, honestly, it, it's you know you get a lot more. Uh, What's the expression? What's the you right person for the right job? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's a lot that's of it. That's a big part of it. But, you know, also, you know, you, you get a lot more with, uh, I'm trying to think of the expression. You, like, you catch more sugar, flies with sugar than you do with, than, uh, yeah, some, vinegar, with vinegar, yeah. yeah. But, no, I mean, you know, we, we really, I mean, our, our management team is excellent. And they really don't, like, they're not, so many play, other places I've worked the same type of job, managers had this sense like they had to rule through fear kind of thing you know mm -hmm. and you don't get that here you really don't it's more of i'm here you know for you to support the team but i want you to feel empowered you know you can solve this issue if you can't or if you need me then i'm here for you but you have the power to take care of you know right. these situations 
and that that makes all the difference. When well, your people thing feel like management. they're empowered, you know. But with management in general, I think it's it's important that you know your you know the people you're managing, right? Because some people have an attitude. Well, for example, when I when I first got out of school and I got my first job, I worked somewhere where one of the bosses had this attitude where if he if he wasn't satisfied with what went on, he would start screaming at you. Right. I don't react well to being screamed at. No. It's not, you know, e- either I'm ready to turn around and say, you know, screw you, I quit, or I'm thinking of, you know, picking up a brick and throwing at you <laughs> or something. You know, I, do, I just, ye- yelling doesn't right. get better work mm-hmm. out of me. Whereas if somebody comes to me and says, Paul, you know, you did this. I really needed you to do this. See how this is done, and here's how you could do it better. Right. I, I listen to that. I soak it's it in, and I do my better, best to, yeah. to do what they said. Right. So you, you need to know your workers. Whereas some people do need that kick in the ass. Some people, if you, you, know, if you tell them the way I just said that, they're going to just say, yeah, 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 and they're going to go back to doing it the way they were doing it. Right. So, you know, every, everybody's got their own style, and everybody reacts differently. So, you know, I think it's important for management to recognize that. And I, I just got like I said, when I see how, how well things seem to work here, I got to think that, that they do. No, they really do. They really do. It's a whole different attitude. I mean, a, a lot of it is, I mean, a, a very large chunk of it is that for the, the vast majority of the people that are here, they're here because they're passionate about what they're doing. You know, so many of the people that work here come here as fans you know they come here as fans of, of either what Disney stands for or what specifically what Walt Disney World stands for or what Walt Disney the person stood for and so it meant something to them when they were a kid now they want to kind of pay it forward they want to be able to make that same kind of magic that was made for them when they were kids and kind of you know pay it forward I think that's a lot of it I think it's just an attitude you know and it means things to people. It's yeah. a very important thing to, to people, and so they they take a lot of pride in it, and they want to do a good job because you know they actually want to do a good job. If, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. I, it's well, yeah, not yeah. just it's not just coming in and punching a time clock and collecting a paycheck. It's feeling like you're contributing to something bigger than yourself. And it's there's something about the whole Disney thing that captures the imagination oh, a little definitely. bit too. I you know. You, you ever, I mean, your kids are the same age as mine, mm-hmm. pretty much. You ever tell them about, you know, when I was a kid, we did this, and, and you could see in their eyes that you, you know, you've just become that old man that's telling the stories about right. how you, you know, right. when I was a kid, we, you know, we used to do this, and we liked it, and, you know, right. you know that they're just thinking, oh, Dad's going off on another rant <laughs> about this. Uh, yesterday, when we, when we left Epcot, uh, I started talking to them about how back in the days before we had cable, when we only had limited number of channels, Every Sunday night, there was the wonderful world of Disney right, on, yeah. and and how you'd sit down at the TV and you'd watch, and a lot of the stuff would be introduced by Walt, and you'd see right. that you know, you'd, and and you know, he would seem. I think to me, in my mind, at least to every kid, he was Uncle Walt. Uncle Walt, yeah. come, you know, coming into your house and, and introducing Absolutely. you to this nature show or this cartoon or whatever you know they were showing that week, uh, and and you know how how that really just made you want to be a part of things Absolutely. and and I was t- explaining to them how you know he basically started out you know in the movies more and then eventually they opened up the parks and then you know how they expanded it and how Epcot was his dream and that they finally realized it after he was gone and I could just see like they were actually like hanging on the words right which is something that I don't always get when I start with these right. know, these stories of, of my childhood no it's true 
and, and then, you know, he, my son, as we were taking the shuttle bus back to the resort, my son started looking up on his phone for, you know, when Walt Disney died and what, right. when the park was built. And he says, oh, it says here the first person who ever walked in the park was Mark so-and-so. It's like, I have no idea who that is. <laughs> no, it's true. It, uh, it really is. It's fascinating. I mean, because, you know, I, like I've said before, I, I know I've told the story a million times. When I came here... You know, back in uh, in '99, you know, as an adult, bringing uh, you know Scotty here when he was just a, you know, really just a baby, he was three. I, I really didn't have any interest because I didn't know what it was all about. To me, it was just, eh, you know, it's just a place to go for kids, and you know, it's a big amusement park thing. But no, it's not. It, it actually, it's it's very important to people. I think it's important to the world in a lot of ways. It, it's it's tried to, to change the world. It's tried to show the rest of the world that, no, things can be good. Things can run efficiently, you know, and things can be, you know, clean and bright and positive. You know, things can have a positive message. I think that's a lot of the secret to it is, uh, you know, you, you, there's very few things left in the world that, that really send a, a positive message of, of hope and... Uh, and you know, like security. You know, you come here and it, it, you feel safe. You feel like everything's okay. You're, you're reassured about the world. Yeah, that, that and, is and true. And kind of our place in it. You know, and 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 you know, it's it's. I didn't see too much in the way of bad attitudes from my fellow travelers. I mean, I'm right. sure it happens. I'm oh, sure, yes. you know, it can't be avoided. <laughs> yeah, come, people, come work the front desk for an afternoon. I'll you, show you how yeah, You're going to have happens, people who yeah. are going to be rude. You're going to have people <laughs> who are going to be nasty. But it seems to be at a uh, at a lesser degree. Yeah, There's I'll, fewer I'll of them. Yeah, I'll agree with that. Yeah, there are fewer of them. I got, you know, I got on the got on the uh, shuttle bus. I saw people getting up oh, for each geez. other to try I and... I uh, it would be so tight. <laughs> that's all right. Not a problem. Uh, but I saw, you know, people getting up for older people, letting them sit down, and, and just, you know, doing the right thing. And, and I, you know, I love seeing that. It's, right. it's it, you know, renews your faith a little bit sometimes. Absolutely. Thank you so much for listening to our show, and we hope you'll join us each and every week for more good old-fashioned comic book back-issue awesomeness. You can contact Back to the Bins to leave feedback, comments, questions, suggestions, and criticisms via email at backtothebins at gmail.com or by visiting the Two True Freaks section of www.forumforgeeks.com. Back to the Bins is produced in association with the Two True Freaks podcast, which you may find at www.twotruefreaks.com and is a registered trademark of Corps of Milan, Italy. All rights reserved. Back to the Bins is a proud member of both the League of Comic Book Podcasts, which you may find at comicbooknoise.com slash league, and also the Comics Podcast Network, which you may find at comicspodcasts.com. Take a moment to stop by their respective sites and support their other fine podcasts, won't you? Thanks, and we'll see you next week.